Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello guys, welcome back to episode number 43 of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Today we're talking all about heavy metals and detoxification with Wendy Myers. Wendy Myers is the founder of MyersDetox.com. She is a heavy metals detox expert and functional diagnostic nutritionist in Los Angeles, California. She's the number one best-selling author of Limitless Energy, how to detox heavy metals to end exhaustion and chronic fatigue. She also hosts the Myers Detox podcast about all things related to detox. She's passionate about educating people on the importance of detox to live a long, disease-free life. She created the revolutionary Myers Detox Protocol and Mitochondrial Detox programs after working with thousands of clients all over the world. In this episode, we discuss about heavy metals, what are the top offenders like mercury and aluminium and how we're typically exposed to them, mercury fillings, the downsides and the correct procedure to follow if you're wanting to remove them, halogens and how they're related to thyroid health and how to avoid them where they're found, environmental toxins and we talk a little bit about mold and mycotoxins, the recommended tests to take including her tissue mineral analysis and how that could benefit you, the benefits of detoxification support and some of Wendy's favourites including infrared saunas and coffee enemas. Wendy is absolutely radiant and she exudes health. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will be able to see just what I'm talking about with that. She's definitely the expert go-to in this field and I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Could you start off by telling us a bit about who you are, what it is that you do and why you came to specialise in the subject of detoxification, heavy metals and environmental kind of toxins? Yes. Well, I came into this like a lot of people through my own health issues and trying to figure out, you know, what was going on with, with myself and attempting to doctor Google everything and fix myself and feel better. And that's what we're all trying to do. We're just trying to feel good. And I just had reached a point. Uh, I was 37. I'm 47 now, but I'm, I was 37 at the time. And I just didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I was uh, tired. I was angry, I was uh, not sleeping well, and I was having trouble losing weight, and I just felt like I should feel joy in my life, you know, given how blessed I was, and I, I just didn't feel like myself. So I went to the doctor and found out that I had the hormone levels of a menopausal woman, which I was thrilled to hear that, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, just, you know, low thyroid, low adrenals, low... Um, you know, low nutrient deficiencies, a lot of different like vitamin D and other things like that. And I just thought, God, I'm doing so much for my health. My health was my full-time job. And uh, I was just, you know, reading all day long about health and eating healthy and just doing everything right and still didn't feel well. And so I just started going uh, on Dr. Google and finding that, you know, how do I fix my hormones? How do I naturally bring back my thyroid function, my adrenal function, my sex hormone function. And I started finding that toxins interfere in a lot of your hormones and mercury interferes in the thyroid and all these things. And something just really clicked for me and I did some testing. And as soon as I started doing a detox program and remineralizing my body, I started feeling better pretty quickly. Um, but it took time. You know, detox is not a 30 day process. It's, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's something you have to do for life. And a lot of people kind of enter into detox thinking 
they're going to feel so amazing after 90 days. No, you're not. (laughs) Uh, It takes time. You have to detox and deal with some unpleasant symptoms in that process. But ultimately, uh, I'm very, I became very passionate about detox. The more I learned and finding out that heavy metals and chemicals just impact every different metabolic function in our body. So it's not surprising why so many are ill today due to toxins. Could you share some mechanisms, like mechanism of actions with either heavy metals or some of these environmental pollutants? How exactly do they either make us gain weight, make us feel tired, give us brain fog? Yes. Yeah. So number one, where do we get these? We get heavy metals and toxins in the air, food, and water. So no matter how healthy you are, you can't escape these. It doesn't matter how well you eat or how much you exercise or how many supplements you take. Um, So for uh, so many people, they don't have enough energy and they don't understand why. And one of the reasons are toxins like arsenic, aluminum, tin, thallium, which we breathe in the air, cesium, which we get from nuclear testing and accidents, and um, and some other metals, those interfere in mitochondrial energy production. Your your mitochondria make your your body's energy. And so that's a huge uh, wrench in all of your body's functions and your brain function when you're not making enough energy. So that's probably one of the biggest problems uh, that metals cause. Additionally, metals interfere in our hormone production. They interfere in our sex, thyroid, and adrenal stress hormone production. And essentially how they work is they're just poisoning enzymes. They poison enzymes, rendering them unable to work or working at half or you know, one-fifth capacity or what have you. It's a simplified version, a simplified explanation. But they, they really interfere in hormone production, hormone conversion, say DHEA into testosterone or uh, you know, one form of testosterone into another, or one form of estrogen into another. Um, and so they impact our body's hormone functions on many different levels, which has a domino effect of affecting all kinds of other symptoms. Um, metals poison our beta islet cells in our pancreas. And I really feel like a lot of diabetes that we have is due to toxins not necessarily due to carbohydrate overconsumption, um, because there's a lot of very thin people that also have diabetes. It's not just uh, eating too many carbohydrates. Uh, it's, it's really largely, the diabetes epidemic is largely due to toxins. Um, and so there's just many, many other examples that I can go over, but that just kind of gives you a, a, a window into how toxins affect our health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting, but very maybe scary for some people, overwhelming for people. And we definitely just want to do like one step at a time. And I've had Laura Adler on the podcast in a previous um, episode. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. That's like an introduction into what we can do and like the basics with water filters and all of that. So definitely go and listen to that if you haven't already. But I want to, with you, cover two of the main heavy metals or um, main metals that can affect people the first one being mercury and the main sort of exposures um, typically things like mercury fillings or amalgam fillings what are the downsides of having them and how could someone either remove them safely or live with them yeah so mercury is a huge concern it's the first thing people think about when they think of toxins and sadly so many people today either still have mercury fillings or they had them for a long time and then had them removed so either way uh, every time you bite down on those those fillings you're getting mercury aluminum nickel and other metals that are an amalgam of different metals, it's not just mercury. And these metals then get into your brain. I mean, you're biting down on them constantly and they, uh, they, they get into your fat tissue, they get into your brain, your central nervous system and start having uh, impact on function. And so uh, they cause a lot of, mercury causes a lot of different symptoms, um, namely uh, brain fog, it can cause pain syndromes, it can cause uh, skin issues like people that have lots of boils and eczema 
and different skin issues that can be from mercury as well, like pretty severe skin issues. It's can be due to mercury toxicity and they just think there's something wrong with them. There's something genetically wrong with them or what have you. And um, mercury can also cause fatigue. Um, it can cause uh, just a, a whole host of different issues. I have an article on my site called the toxic metals source and symptoms guide is every different metal and all the different places that we get it, the sources and all the different symptoms that it can cause. And mercury is literally a mile long. <laughs> it contributes to autoimmune disease, cancers. I mean, just, there's just so many, so many things that it interferes with, namely also your thyroid function. It builds up in your thyroid and your hypothalamus and your pituitary gland and interferes in thyroid function and thyroid hormone production. That's a huge one, huge, huge, huge. Um, so as far as mercury amalgam fillings, if you have them, you know, you need to get them out. Um, many people find that once they remove the mercury fillings, a lot of their symptoms disappear. For other people, that's not the case. Um, but regardless, they're not doing you any favors with your health. They are not promoting good health. They are going to be causing you some sort of symptoms or some sort of interruption in your body's metabolic function. So I recommend going to a biological dentist. This is a dentist that has been trained to respect the dangers that mercury poses to your body and takes precautions to prevent those mercury shavings or dust from getting into your body when the dentist is drilling to remove them. Um, I, I had my mercury fillings removed when I was 20, but I just had it done by a regular dentist and he was just drilling the mercury and I was just swallowing that and breathing it in, you know, like, while that was happening. And I was only 20, so it really didn't impact me. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, I did have depression throughout my twenties and that could have been a contributing factor to that. Mer mercury also causes, you know, chronic yeast infections and gut infections and other symptoms like that, which I suffered from. Um, so that could be a contributing factor that I didn't make the connections there. But what my dentist did was rather than remove all the mercury, they, there was still mercury underneath in the tooth, but they just covered up, a, up with composites. So it, it didn't look like a mercury filling, but it, the mercury was still there. Um, so unfortunately when I had those redone, then there were still mercury there that I got mm -hmm. re-exposed to. So that can be a concern. This is why you want to go to a biological dentist that just gets it. Um, you don't want to go to a dentist that's still placing mercury in people's mouths because they obviously don't get it. Um, so even if you go to a biological dentist though, you still have risk of exposure. And for some people, it removing their fillings is uh, can be kind of like a straw that broke the camel's back if you're already sick. For some people, it can take them a month or two of recovery from that exposure, um, but you're just gonna have to deal with that to get it out of your body so that you can get on the road to recovery. Um, some people are allergic to the mercury in the fillings or they're allergic to one of the other metals, and they're gonna have much more severe symptoms than someone who doesn't have that same allergy or sensitivity. So there's lots of different factors to consider, but number one is you need to get the mercury out of your body. It's just, it's not promoting health. Yeah, I've seen that very frequently as well. And with my mom, she has Hashimoto's and her antibodies initially were in the three, 400 range. We'd done the gluten-free diet, healed the gut, all of that. And it was still quite elevated. And then I was like, right, it's time for you to get your amalgams removed. Uh, we tested three months later and the antibodies were less than 100. So yeah. yeah, massive improvement with that. And not a lot of people know that dentists and dental assistants have a lot of health issues related, like infertility and depression, like you said. So that's a, a huge problem. And yeah, I'm with you. Definitely get them removed as soon as possible. Um, yeah. And the second metal that I want to talk about is copper, um, particularly copper toxicity. Could you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, I'm not as concerned about copper toxicity. I don't think it's as prevalent as a problem as some detox experts would uh, say so. Um, I think there are certainly some people that have a propensity to be born with a lot of copper. See, if their mother was copper toxic, they will also tend to be born copper toxic. Redheads have a tendency to be far more copper toxic. Um, a copper IUDs, 
cause a lot of women a lot of different problems in that regard, and they have relief of their symptoms once the copper IUD is removed. Um, and there's, uh, I just haven't seen any correlation with people having copper pipes in their housing and having copper toxicity. Um, so I don't actually see a lot of copper toxicity, but it does exist. Um, it is a problem for some people, and that's why testing is really important. And if you have different various symptoms and health issues, diagnoses, it's a very smart thing to do to get proper heavy metals testing in the form of, you know, hair mineral analysis, urine and or stool testing, not blood testing, which is covered by insurance, but it's pretty much useless. Um, that's, uh, you know, usually blood testing of metals is only testing for four metals when there are dozens of metals. So I find that kind of testing very limited, pretty much useless also because it also tends to give false negatives, where if you're just testing the blood, you know, the body's not letting metals float around in the blood. Um, you might find some there if there was a very recent acute exposure within the last 30 days. But short of that, most of those, the blood tests are false negative, where you do have toxins in your fat and in your brain and in your bones and other places just not floating around in your blood to be uh, show, shown on a test. So you have to get a little bit more creative in your testing. And I like to do hair, urine, and stool. All three of those give the best picture. But even then, we still don't have a complete picture because many times people are not well, they don't have energy, the body is not releasing these metals for various reasons. So you know, test, testing for a baseline is great. But then when you start a detox program, start getting proper nutrition, proper minerals, start facilitating your body and removing the toxins, and you tend to see a lot more metals coming out on subsequent tests. And I've been getting more into the her tissue mineral analysis myself, myself and really interesting results for such an inexpensive test compared to some of the other ones. Could you talk a bit more about why you particularly like to use that in your practice? Yeah, I love hair mineral analysis, also known as HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis, because it's non-invasive, it's inexpensive, it's very easy to do, anyone can do it, and, um, and it just gives me a lot of information that's you know, not really you know, uh, obvious to the untrained eye, but there's a tremendous amount of information in the test, not just metals, but also minerals as well. Mineral deficiencies cause a lot of different health issues. And we also need minerals to push metals out of the body. It's a big part of proper, safe, gentle detoxification. And so I need to look at the minerals to know what I need to balance, what I need to give someone to then facilitate a, a, you know, the body, helping the body to do the job it knows how to do but detox, but just doesn't have the raw materials to do so. And then also if people are mineral deficient, they're gonna be more prone to retaining toxic metals because the body can use these materials for various jobs in the body and repair jobs or energy or just doing various things. So if you're mineral deficient, which most people are, you're gonna be more prone to retaining heavy metals. So uh, looking at the minerals in the hair, which is a very strong correlation between a hair testing, hair, hair test levels of minerals and tissue levels of minerals in your body, it's a great starting point then to design a supplement or a detox program. But hair testing is not perfect. There's no perfect single one metals test. It's gonna give you all the information you're looking for. Some metals come out in the hair, some metals exit through the urine, some metals only exit through the stool, like cadmium and silver. That's typically where we see those, and gold also. Um, but for the other metals, um, you know, some are best seen in the urine, some in the hair. So we've got to do all the tests to get the, the best picture. But for many people that can only afford a hair test or they're only going to want to do that one, that's fine. It gives me enough information to get people detoxing. Mm -hmm. And what about halogens? How do we either test those and what are halogens and how do they impact particularly thyroid function? Yeah, so halogens are uh, minerals like fluoride, iodine, 
um, chlorine and bromide, which is added to doughs and breads, like it's Subway sandwich. Um, it's also added to jacuzzis. I used to put bromine, bromine in my jacuzzi a long time ago. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's used as a safer alternative to chlorine. It's the same stuff. Um, so all of these halogens, because on the periodic table, they're in line with iodine, they compete with iodine uptake in the thyroid. And so your thyroid hormones, they're made of iodine. T4 is four molecules of iodine. T3 is three molecules of iodine. So if you have all these things that you're ingesting, namely from the water, you know, if your water is chlorinated or fluoridated or both, like it here is here in the US, um, you're going to be ingesting all this stuff and people tend to not get enough iodine. So big surprise, thyroid hormones are the, one of the number one prescribed medications. And this is one of the number of reasons, one of the number one reasons why mercury toxicity also throws a wrench in things. So if you just kind of uh, have uh, some testing about the, you know, regarding these halogens and mercury and get rid of this stuff out of your body, you know, your thyroid function can be restored, your thyroid hormone production can be restored. Um, but uh, with halogens, um, you don't really have to do testing for that. All you have to do is take iodine and drink filtered water. So that's like a really easy fix. If you like to do biohacking and you want to do some testing, Hakala Labs, H-A-K-A-L-A, -A -A, is an amazing test for uh, your iodine and bromide and uh, fluoride. They don't do chlorine for some reason, um, but that's a urine test that you can do. And uh, so you can just find out what your baseline levels are. But for, I don't really do that with clients, but I do with some, but the majority of people, all you need to do is take some iodine every day. And uh, I start people off at about 300 micrograms and then even work up to 5,000 micrograms per day, which the Japanese get in their diet and uh, just on a, because of their diet and then encourage people to eat foods with iodine. Um, but most people, they just don't get enough iodine in their diet, even if they're eating foods that contain them. So I encourage people to take it and um, also just to, you know, think about maybe a whole house water filter if they're showering in chlorine or fluoride and drinking filtered water to remove chlorine and fluoride. What are your thoughts? I'm guessing you're on the pro-iodine kind of camp, but there's the people who say, no, you should never do more than like 200 micrograms of iodine because it can cause all of these problems. It can, um, it can creates Hashimoto's and it can exacerbate thyroid issues. What, what's your response to that? Taking iodine does not cause Hashimoto's and you, uh, it's very difficult, I believe, to resolve Hashimoto's without iodine. Your thyroid cannot function without iodine. That's what the hormones are made of. So it doesn't really, that doesn't really make sense um, uh, as far as from how the body works and from that perspective. So we nutritionally need iodine. You need it for your breast tissue or people can get fibrocystic breasts. You need it for a lot of different functions in your body, not just your thyroid function. So, you know, um, everyone is also different. Um, some people have various genetic issues or other health issues that make it so they don't process iodine properly. That doesn't mean iodine is bad. That just means there needs to be something metabolically fixed in their body for them to then be able to tolerate iodine. And some people are so deficient in iodine when they first start it, they start feeling like heart palpitations or anxiety or other things. And that's just your thyroid kind of revving up and your body tends to habituate to that. So for many people, they just need to start very, very, very slow, even like a half a drop or just a very tiny amount, and then slowly titrate up and work your way up. And so we see like, for instance, the Japanese diet, they can have up to 5,000 micrograms a day and even more of iodine just naturally occurring in their diet. So this is something that we need nutritionally. People, the majority of people are deficient in it. Um, but of course, there's always going to be people that have negative reactions for one reason or another. And, um, and also a lot of the studies are, you know, they, there's all these studies that studies that can be done that are poorly designed that are using the cheapest form of iodine, which is potassium iodide. Your thyroid uses two different forms of iodine. Your body does. 
Um, and so if these studies were done properly with the proper, uh, uh, the proper form of iodine, I assure you the results would be very, very different. So I think people are looking at studies, some of these studies that show that, oh, well, you know, uh, your Hashimoto's, uh, Hashimoto's antibodies go up after taking iodine. That's because they're taking garbage iodine that the body is having a negative reaction to. So, and this is also this case with other nutritional studies for calcium or, or other types of minerals. They're using the, the cheapest, worst forms. So not surprising, a lot of the research is negative. Uh, or uh, shows certain nutrients in a negative light. It's just because the studies aren't performed properly. So you have to be really highly aware of that when you're reading studies. Yeah, very true. And with iodine, do you recommend people primarily get it from the diet with um, seaweeds and things, or is supplements best? I don't think people can get enough iodine from their diet. They can certainly try. I mean, if you're very cognizant of it, you're very, you're very highly aware of foods that are high in iodine, um, you know, you can certainly try that. And, um, but I usually prefer people just will take some drops of it. I really like iodorol. That's a very, very good form that has two different forms of iodine in it. Nascent iodine is really nice as well. Um, but it just, I like people to pay attention to the form and then start very, very slow and work their way up. I, and, but it, some people want to get their nutri nutrients from food. It's very challenging, but it can be done if people prefer that. There's people as well who are maybe concerned about the pollution of the oceans to get the seaweed from. And even with fish, they're concerned with heavy metals like mercury and again, the, the studies and people who say the fish help to protect, uh, the selenium in the fish help to protect against that. Do you agree? Not a hundred percent. The problem is all of our food supply is poisoned. People like to single out specific foods and specific food groups, but it's a problem throughout the food system. Even if you're eating organic food, that means chemical free, pesticide free. That does not mean metal free. There is no testing. Why is there no testing for heavy metals in food? Because people would be freaked out about eating. Um, all of it is contaminated. And it's just because of all these modern conveniences we have, all these metals that we have and all the products you see surrounding us. Um, th those have to come from somewhere and have to be manufactured and dug out of the earth. And then it gets into the air and the water and our weather and patterns and travels over the whole planet. So the reality is that you need to eat foods that are nutritious, like fish. I don't recommend people avoid fish. Fish is incredibly nutritious, incredibly brain protective um, for and so many other different health reasons. You just have to be cognizant of the modern realities that you have to detox your body because they're going to get in you in the air, food, and water, no matter what you try to control or what food group you try to exclude. I mean, I, th I think there are certain things like, you know, probably shouldn't be eating oysters every day because they have, a shellfish have, tend to have very high metal levels and large migratory fish tend to have very high metal levels, not just mercury, but cadmium and other metals as well, which are actually worse than mercury. Um, so it's really just about making smarter choices, not excluding an entire food group or vilifying meats or, you know, all, all the plants and animal proteins have toxicity in them um, of one form or another. So you just really need to think about detox as a lifestyle and just try to educate yourself on the, the most toxic foods, which we want to be smart to avoid. So I'm not a big fan of of you know ahi tuna like for sushi but the the canned tuna fish is you know relatively lower in mercury compared to that so that i don't mind as much um, but it's also everything in moderation i like to eat shellfish occasionally oysters are incredibly nutrient dense but i do it in moderation i don't go overboard with any one food um, because it, you just you can't exclude all these different food groups you just have to you know, uh, try to eat the most nutrient dense diet that you can and remove certain foods that we know, or, you know, occasionally eat or exclude certain foods that we know to be toxic or contaminated. Well said. And I think that's put a lot of people at ease and reassured a lot of people. 
And before we get on to the detox strategies, I want to know all of the different things that we can do to support detoxification. The last two toxins that I want to talk about are mold and mycotoxins and glyphosate. So could you educate us a bit more about those two? Yeah. So, um, I don't get so into mold though. That is a big factor with a lot of people that they have, um, you know, not only environmental toxins in their body, but, uh, mold can be a straw that breaks the camel's back where it's releasing, they have an exposure in their home, especially in, in damp, humid environments. And then that, uh, causes a lot of mycotoxins to be released in their body and stuffs up all of their detox pathways where their body is trying to deal with this and get rid of it and process it and excrete it. And then they don't have any bandwidth to get rid of toxins like heavy metals or chemicals. And that just builds up and builds up and builds up. And eventually they reach a tipping point where they then become very sick. And so, um, so that's definitely something that people need to be aware of, if, especially if they're very ill, have multiple health diagnoses, chronic fatigue, you want to be looking at mold also and resolve that. Um, so as far as glyphosate, glyphosate is uh, a huge factor in causing a lot of different symptoms. I think it's one of the biggest contributors to leaky gut in our society, which imparts poor immunity and uh, poor ability to detox and causes a lot of other issues. We know it causes non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and other cancers, and it's very, very prevalent in the food in the U.S. I know in Europe, uh, the government is much more protective of, of toxins and chemicals in the food supply, and I don't know off my offhand what measures have been taken, but especially, in, I don't know, in the U.K., but in the U.S., well, you know, it's just a free-for-all. I mean, it's just glyphosate is an herbicide that's sprayed on almost all of the conventional foods. Um, there's about 10 GMO crops that glyphosate is sprayed on, but it's used also as a desiccant. It's used also, and even if it's used on GMO crops um, because the GMO crops are modified to withstand the glyphosate and not die from it, whereas the weeds die that it's sprayed on. Um, but there's a lot of other foods that aren't GMO, but it's just sprayed on them to dry them out so that they're easier to harvest. And so that's really uh, where it's being used. But it's also being sprayed on all of the parks, um, all of the, the, the schools, all the municipal, um, you know, city areas to get rid of weeds. And our, my neighbors spray it on their lawn also. Um, so it's just a, a huge, huge problem. The majority, it's in the 80, 90% of people test positive for a glyphosate in their blood or in their hair. There's hair testing for glyphosate as well. Um, I don't do that, but it is available um, at thedetoxproject.com or .org, I believe. Um, so it's a huge, huge problem. And I'm trying to get more information out there about how to detox glyphosate. Um, but essentially you just, you know, fibers are great. Um, you know, you have, you have to have lots of fiber in your diet to detox. Um, and also just generally getting your liver functioning really well and doing infrared saunas, all these, you know, doing these various things can help to get all these toxins out of your body that you have and that you're exposed to every day. And are there any specific foods, like any of your favorite liver supporting foods or herbs that you like to recommend? Yeah, I mean, dandelion greens are amazing. Uh, broccoli sprouts are the number one detox food. The top five detox foods are number one, broccoli sprouts, garlic, onions, egg yolks, and ginger. So if you can get those in your diet as much as you can, that will help your body detox. I also have um, this new supplement I just came out with. It's called Daily Detox. It's uh, about uh, almost 8% fermented broccoli sprouts and lots of liver supporting herbs and nutrients in here. So I, I, this is kind of a basic thing that I recommend to people. If you know, you're not, you don't have broccoli sprouts in your grocery store, you don't really have time or feel like growing them. I grow my own, but a lot of people don't. And so that, this is like a really simple way to give your body the nutrients it needs to support detox and support liver function. A lot of them foods are sulfur-rich foods as well. Could you talk about yes. the benefits of that? 
Yeah. So sulfur is one of the nutrients your body needs to break down toxins, escort toxins out of the body. And so that's a two-part process. Some people are great at breaking down toxins, but not taking them out. And some people are great at taking them out, but not breaking them down. So you, you've got to give different nutrients that facilitate both of those processes. Um, and that's a very simplified version, but sulfur is one of those nutrients that a lot of people don't don't get enough of in their diet, especially if they're not eating uh, very many vegetables or salads. And um, and we know these foods I just mentioned um, are very very rich in sulfur. The egg yolks I just had three for dinner last night. Um, I eat broccoli sprouts or other types of sprouts at every single meal. That's like my rule. I have to have sprouts at every meal. So whether it's broccoli sprouts or other ones, radish sprouts. Um, ginger, I juice ginger every day, add it to stir fries and other foods. Um, but the sulfur, uh, broccoli sprouts are super high in what's called sulfurophane, which is a form of sulfur. And then cruciferous vegetables, super rich in sulfur. Also the egg yolks are rich in sulfur. So those things are uh, in onions, garlic, uh, rich in sulfur. And that's why they're the number one detox foods. We need sulfur uh, just generally to be healthy and to facilitate detox. Are there any drinks that people can have? So obviously adding some of those ingredients into a smoothie, but what about like juices, um, any of these things, any herbal teas that could help too? Yes. So um, I love juicing. I'm a huge fan of, you know, people not overdoing it, uh, not drinking like a gallon of juice every day, but just, you know, one or two glasses of juice is super nutrient rich. And, you know, again, I, I, do, I use uh, celery, super mineral rich. I'll use all different kinds of, of you know, fruits and vegetables, but you know, I, I juice broccoli sprouts. I juice other types of sprouts because I grow them. Um, I juice ginger, but I just, I rotate. I do mostly vegetable juices, but I also add apple. Apple is really rich in malic acid, which is really helpful to help the liver detox. So, um, so I'm, I always do apple as a kind of a sweetener to make my juice more palatable, but it also really helps with detox. So you can also do a thing where you're just taking fresh apple juice and just drinking that for a couple days nonstop. That's a really nice liver cleanse, a natural liver cleanse as well because of the malic acid in that. And that's a big part of liver cleanses is malic acid. And um, I also, uh, is, I love carrot juice. I definitely drink a lot of carrot juice. And I try to just drink juice at every meal. Um, that's another kind of rule that I have. So sometimes it's just the bottled carrot juice because I, I can't always spend uh, you know an hour a day juicing because it does take a lot of time. But I do try to make a fresh juice every day. And then usually at my second meal, I'll have some bottled carrot juice, which is fine. So that's kind of what, just I have certain rules that I have in my diet so that I can get these things in because it's just so easy to go a week and not have any sprouts or juicing or, or something. It's just very, it, it's, you know, it takes a lot of dedication and, you know, mindfulness to, to live a detox type lifestyle and incorporate foods that facilitate detox into your diet. So I just, I have my little rules so that I, I'm always aware. Yeah, you're definitely <laughs> practicing what you preach. You're putting yes. us all to shame. I'm gonna have yeah. to step up my step up my juicing well, and yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day though. Yeah, true. You know, it took me a long time, but <laughs> one step at a time. But yeah. you know, you get better and better and better every day at your diet. Yeah, definitely. And do you ever recommend any of these more extensive protocols, something something like a, a master cleanse or the uh, the gallbladder flush, anything like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about liver and gallbladder flushes for sure. And, um, I actually have one on my side. It's kind of the Andrea or Andrea Moritz, um, liver gallbladder flush, flush, which is, you know, tried and true. And, um, also, um, like I, I do recommend juice cleansing periodically for one, sometimes three days. I'm not, I definitely not into the master cleanse. I mean, I just, I just feel like uh, not for extended periods of time. I'm not a fan of more than three days of fasting. I feel like people are so nutrient deficient as it is that I think those uh, fasting needs to be limited. I like juice fasting because then you're still getting lots and lots of minerals and nutrients. I think people are so mineral deficient and nutrient deficient that 
there's a lot of sick people. I've so, 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 so many that I've heard of that do fasting and then they end up being worse because they're getting too much of a good thing. I think people tend to think, oh, this is healthy for a day. Let me do it for 20 days. It must, that must be even healthier. So I think people tend to be, get fanatical and overdo things. So I'm just a fan of moderation. Um, I, I do, a, you know, I do fast, you know, one day here and there. I've just, I've never done a three day fast. I'm just not a huge fan. Um, but I know that is very good for you, especially if you have inflammation, you have chronic pain. Um, uh, you know, fasting is the best way to bring those symptoms down. So there's a time and a place. Um, I think if people are very, very thin, probably should be very cautious about fasting. Um, but I think one day, you know, uh, one day, once or twice a month is great reset, especially it boosts immunity. If you feel like you're starting to get sick, great time to fast because it will help boost your immune system. Agreed. And another thing that I know that you promote and you recommend to your clients is coffee enemas. Yes. And could you give my clients who I'm trying to promote this to a reason and back me up on the, the benefits for that? Yeah. So coffee enemas are, you know, not everyone's favorite thing, but they're not terribly glamorous, but they are amazing. They have so many yeah. different benefits and a lot of people are kind of squeamish, you know, first when I tell them, I reckon, I think they should do them. But then once they try them, they try one or two and get the hang of it and feel the benefits they're off running and doing it on their own, no problem. Um, and the, why would you want to put coffee in your butt? Like, why on earth would you want to do that? Well, it's because the caffeine in the coffee uh, has like a hormetic type stress effect on the liver. It dilates all the blood vessels in the liver and causes it to purge its toxic contents into the intestines for elimination. And you don't want to do it all the time, like I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of every single day um, because we don't want the body to habituate to that stressor. One of the, uh, the benefits of it is that that stress effect, that hormetic effect. So we don't want the body to get used to that. There's a time and a place. If you have cancer, yeah, four or five coffee enemas a day, like the Gerson protocol. Mm -hmm. That's different. But for a healthy person, um, you know, every other day, is a really nice pace, even once a week. I'll take it, you know, if that's all you have time to do or inclination to do. Um, but the so that it helps uh, the liver detox. I think our livers are very stressed. Our livers are very overloaded. They're dealing with our crappy diet, crappy inflammatory oils, sugars. They're trying to produce cholesterol to help us. They're trying to to detox. The liver's trying to detox the body, and there's hundred thousand chemicals and all kinds of other toxins that the liver just doesn't know how to deal with. And so we need to help and support our liver function as much as possible with nutrients, with uh, infrared saunas, with doing coffee enemas. And they're really a great way also to manage detox symptoms. If you are on a detox program and you're just feeling like, ugh, you're just feeling terrible one day or brain fog or depressed or angry or because you know, the liver is very much the seat of anger. If you're angry a lot, you probably have a liver issue going on. Um, so it's not just your husband. <laughs> it's your liver too. Um, so, uh, so coffee enemas are a great way to support the liver, support a detox program, and relieve detox symptoms. So for those of you listening who haven't yet tried it, I think you've just persuaded them. And I, yeah, I'm a fan. Once you do one, you know what you're doing. It's not painful, it's not messy, anything like that. So it's very effective and pretty cheap once you've got the kit. Yeah. You just need to buy the um, the coffee, organic always as well. That's an important part, isn't it? Just to avoid the pesticides on the coffee. So really buy high quality and give it a go. It's yeah, you feel like amazing yeah, afterwards. Definitely. Amazing, yeah. I agree. I have instructions on my website. I've got a podcast and instructions on how to do them too. Perfect. Yeah, so I'll link to all of these things that you've been mentioning. I'll be sure to link them all in the episode show notes. So I want to finish up with just a few more questions about you and again, how you stay healthy. Um, the first one is, is there something that you're into lately? This could be maybe some research that you've been doing, a new product that you've tried, um, anything that you want to share? Yes. So there's something I love so much. And this is really what I feel is the first step 
that people need to take in regaining their health or their energy or what have you. So number one, you people, I mean, everyone needs to detox, but a lot of people have trouble with detox because their body isn't communicating properly. And really I'm working now with people in reestablishing, reestablishing cellular communication, the body just communicating. Um, cause many times there's a breakdown in function somewhere because they're just, there's a breakdown in communication as with everything. Um, so what I love is this, it's called Wata. And I know that they're opening up a channel in the UK to, to get, make it available to people. Mm-hmm. But it's called Wata. You can get on, on, get it on aquanew.com. And what this does, it's not, you're not drinking it because of the water. You're drinking it because there's a gas tetrahydrate infused into the water that has billions of electrons in it. And these electrons create this negative charge that you need in your body for it to work. That's most people's problem. And when you fix that, you fix all these other downstream issues. You fix the ability to detox uh, because all this EMF we have, all this electromagnetic radiation that we have bombarding us every day creates a positive charge in our body. And that's why it creates cancers and other health issues. Um, so if we have to reverse that, and you can also do it by swimming in the ocean, grounding your body, walk, walking on the earth barefoot, stuff, stuff that we've done for millions of years. So when you take the human body away from that, not surprising that it doesn't work correctly because that's how it's been designed to work over millions of years. So there's certain simple things we can do. So if you live on a high rise building or you just don't have time to go swimming in the ocean, um, you can do drink this water. I drink about one liter a day. And when you first do that, when you first start drinking this water, you have this euphoria for three or four days because your brain is actually working. Um, and it's penetrated the blood brain barrier. And it's just amazing. That feeling is just I mean, pure elation when most people start drinking this. I've had only one person tell me they didn't have that. Um, but uh, everyone else did. And so this is a great basic thing um, that I think people need to, to be doing. And, uh, and then and then see what problems are still left over, you know, after that. Yeah. But it's not, it's not going to be just by itself, be some, you know, miracle, but it's a, uh, a first step in getting the body working right. I also work with, you know, I do bioenergetics. Uh, I do, a, I work very much so in energy medicine also because many people come to me, we have tons of metals on their detox tests, but they just, they can't take supplements. They can't eat certain foods, a lot of foods. Um, they just don't have any energy. They just don't have, they, they, they just can't do a detox program, you know? And so what do you do with those people? I do a form of bioenergetics, a bioenergetic program with them called Nest Health that really gets the needle moving, really gets them, you know, uh, at to a place where they then can release the metals. Again, the bioenergetic program is about reestablishing cellular communication clearing energetic blocks in the body because your body communicates very much in your energy field. You have an energy field um, as well. And that's where the majority of communication takes place in your body. So we have to work in the energetic realm and physically as well to get the body working properly so that you can detox in the first place. So um, sometimes there are steps people have to take before they can get to detox. Um, and so that's what, what I do. And I, I know other practitioners that are doing the same thing, doing detox, incorporating detox and bioenergetics with brilliant results. And so I really think for me, energy medicine is the, the medicine of the future. And so I, I'm employing that now with uh, our clients. That's so interesting. I definitely need to look more into the bioenergetics and the water as well. That looks so cool. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I'm obviously aware of the benefits of grounding and all of that but it's good just to have especially for those people who can't get out like you say maybe they're bed bound with illnesses and again it's not going to work if you're eating a terrible diet probably might help a little bit but to get the good results and it might just be the thing that moves the needle and you get really good results from that so thank you for sharing that yes is there another herb nutrient food that you just couldn't live without apart from the ones that you mentioned so the broccoli sprouts your powder any other things that you want to share 
Yeah, so it's something I couldn't live without. Well, gosh, you know what? I, I love doing my infrared sauna. You can mm. probably see it right here. This is my sauna. Oh, yeah. That I, have I need right to there. get one. I mean, I'm I have a couple. Over the next couple of months. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I have a couple saunas, but this is the a sauna fix. Right. sauna and i love this sauna you can find them on store.myersdefox.com yeah. but i also have a this is a near infrared sauna mm. i also have a far infrared sauna by sunlighten so i go back in between those back and forth but that's something i really i can't live without because you know you need you need to sweat out toxins um yeah you need to eat a good diet and you know you need to take detox supplements and support your body's ability to detox but you also just need to sweat um, and sweating is a great way because it bypasses the liver. So toxins come out through your sebaceous, you know, fat glands and through, through the sweat, the water uh, in your sweat, and it gives your liver a break. So your liver doesn't have to process that. It just kind of comes out your sweat. So, so I really feel like the people that are doing infrared saunas on a regular basis are the ones that are going to be living longer, healthier, higher qualities of life, disease, and medication-free. Uh, this is uh, just, uh, uh, you know, just such an important component of uh, having a healthy lifestyle, living the detox lifestyle. So that's one thing that I love. Um, there's lots of things I could probably go into. But that's <laughs> I just want to know everything. Ones. Like, tell me yeah. everything that you do, because I want to look like you when I'm 47. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> and last question, Dr. Myers, is where can people find more about you online? Yeah, so you can go to MyersDetox.com. Um, but if you want to learn about the relative levels of heavy metals and toxins you have in your body, I have a quiz that I created. You can go to HeavyMetalsQuiz.com and answer all those questions and you'll get your results. It will give you your relative levels of toxins in your body based on your lifestyle choices. And there's a free video series after that where you can learn you know, what you need to do next. Like what are the next steps? And that's a lot, a lot of people have questions like, hey, you told me all this stuff, which just sounds awesome, but where do I start? And so this free video series will tell you where to start and what to do next. Perfect. And again, I'll link to all of those things in the show notes. So I just want to thank you so much, um, Dr. Myers, for your time and all of this information that you put out online and your podcast. And I'm sure if you search YouTube and the podcast app, there's going to be hundreds of episodes. You can spend a whole month maybe yeah. going through all of your work. <laughs> so thank you for joining us today on the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. If you like this episode, please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances. As a massive thank you gift, I'll send you a free guide, Six Steps to Hormonal Harmony. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review, then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at Viva Natural Health for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next step to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.